Generally in the world we attach value to material things. And people measure value of a person in terms of material things. Sometimes we start measuring our own value in terms of the material things we have. Somebody might sometimes feel that perhaps the type of car that I drive might enhance my value the type of phone that I have, what are the material possessions I may have. These are ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala. These are bounties of Allah Ta'ala. person uses it in the correct way, acquires it in the correct way, uses it in the correct way. Then this too, and he makes shukar upon it, this too will take him closer to Allah Ta'ala. But this doesn't add any value to any person. These things don't add any value to a person and the reality of this becomes very apparent and clear the day the person's eyes close. That none of these things will accompany the person in the cover. None of these things will be of any benefit to a person on the day of Qiyamah. Yes, how he used it, he used it correctly in accordance with the commands of Allah Ta'ala. He shared it with the servants of Allah Ta'ala. He used it for the service of deen. Then all this will accrue benefit for him. But these items themselves won't come along. That's when the reality will become apparent very, very clearly that in reality these things don't have any value. They have a certain benefit in a limited way, but in reality there's no value. The reality is that value is in those things that are within a person. A person's iman, his amal, his akhlaq especially, this is what has real value. And this is what will be of benefit to him, his iman and his righteous deeds and those values that he took along with him. <coughs> those values by which he lived. Those values make a person valuable. And that is what will truly benefit a person in the akhirat. That will come along in the cover, that will take him and benefit him on the day of Qiyamah. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds of a person on the day of Qiyamah is good akhlaq, good character. This is the weightiest thing. Obviously, a person has to have his iman in place, his faraiz, wajibat, etc. are fulfilled, his refraining from sin. Then the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds is good akhlaq. This is value. This is something that accompanied the person and went along with him in the akhirat. And among these aspects of good akhlaq, one very great 
aspect is adab. Respect. Respect is something very fundamental in the life of a mu'min. It's not something optional. One is something that is of an optional nature. The comforts and luxuries in a home, the carpets and the fans and the air conditioners and whatever else. These are optional things. Without it also life will carry on. But if the roof is missing, if there's no windows, then this is a major problem. This is the structure that is in a problem. So likewise, adab is not part of the finishing. Adab is part of the structure of deen. It's part of the structure of a mu'min, of his deen. And minus adab, his whole deen might crumble. Everything might come to naught. So adab is a very essential value. And to the extent we bring this adab alive in our own selves, inculcate these, this value of adab in our children, in our families, in our community, in the entire ummah, this would become a means of great progress. And because adab is diminishing day by day, in every sphere of life, whether it's adab of the symbols of deen, adab of the day of Jumu'ah for that matter, adab for the Qur'an Sharif, adab for all the other aspects of deen, whether it's adab for our parents, adab for the seniors of deen, adab in every respect, this is on a slide. And to the extent that this is sliding down, we are suffering the various problems that we have in society, within our homes. And there are so many things that come down as azab, as a result of the adab that was compromised. So adab is an extremely important thing, and we understand this from one hadith of Rasulullah before coming to some ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, that to what extent this adab has been emphasized. In a hadith, Nabi Salaam says, لَيْسَ min ummati. Now this is a very very strong manner of expression. This person is not from my ummah. Such a person doesn't belong to us. Like disowning somebody. Imagine a father saying to his son, you know more my son. He'll remain his son. But it is such a strong expression. This is something when the father has come to the hilt now, he's now really brought, been brought to the edge. So now to express his very severe annoyance, his heartbreak, he might do it in this word, in these words. You are no more my son. Nabi Islam is using a similar expression, you are no more my ummati. This will still, this does not mean the person is out of the pale of Islam, but to jolt him. That this is a very severe matter. Laysam in ummati, mallam yujilla kabirana. That person who doesn't respect our seniors, those who are senior in whichever regard, one's parents are one's seniors, one's asatiza, the seniors in a community, the seniors of deen, mallam yujilla kabirana, wayarham sagirana, and does not show compassion to the younger ones. Wayarif li alimina haqqa. And does not acknowledge and recognize the right of the scholars of deen. Nabi Islam is saying, Laysam in Ummati, they're not part of my Ummah. So this is an extremely strong way of expressing something to jolt us, to realize that 
this is not a small matter, it's a very serious matter. And if we are lacking somewhere in this, we are not fulfilling what is required of us, then we should take stock of ourselves and start making amends. So in order to understand this a little bit more, in the Qur'an Sharif in Surah Hujrat, Surah Hujrat is one of the surahs in the Qur'an Sharif that has a lot of detail with regards to social life. And those guidelines that make it possible for a community to live with harmony and peace. That community, that home, if those guidelines are upheld within one home, the members of that family are upholding these guidelines, there will be peace in that home. As upheld in society, there will be peace in society. And when these guidelines are ignored, are not even known, or if they are known, they are not upheld, then the chaos ensues. So right at the beginning of this surah, now this is a surah, which is a lengthy surah, the first ayat of this surah. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasoolihi wa attaqullah. Inna Allah sami'un alim. Allah Ta'ala is addressing the believers, and primarily the Sahaba were the recipients of it, but by extension this applies to every Ummati. Oh you believe, don't advance before Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Don't jump the gun. Don't be forward. Now, in terms of the specific occasion when this was revealed, something happened before Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam could ask for some input regarding a matter. Some Sahaba already started voicing their opinion. And then in this process, some discussion took place. This ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, that you should wait your turn. Now this was the tarbiyat of the Sahaba we made from the heavens. The Quran Sharif is making their tarbiyat and nurturing them and guiding them. And they only needed this guidance and this nurturing and this correction once. Something happened, they were corrected once and that became part of their life. Allah Ta'ala is saying, don't jump the gun, wait your turn. When Rasulullah gives the go-ahead, then you may say what you need to say. And that too in a respectful manner. The lesson is a lesson of adab. You should not jump the gun, you should wait your turn. Now, obviously, with regards to Rasulullah can no, nobody can come close to one iota also to his rank. But yet, the lesson of respecting the seniors of any rank has been given to us in deen. Nabi Islam's rank is far beyond we can imagine. And obviously, the respect that was required and necessary for him was of that level. But the respect at any level of any senior, that too is something that has been taught to us in deen. Nabi Islam once saw Hazrat Abu Darda that he is walking a little ahead of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq they happened to be just walking along not that they were walking maybe alongside or together to go for some errand together they both were just walking in the same direction but Abu Darda happened to be a little ahead Nabi Islam cautioned him and he asked him that are you walking in front of a person who is better than you and then he said in Abu Bakrin Abu Bakr is the best person upon whom the sun has ever risen or set. 
meaning after the Anbiya Ali Muslim, something that is as obvious as daylight is not necessarily spelt out. And this was obvious to all the Sahaba, that the Anbiya Ali Muslim, their rank is above everybody else. But after the Anbiya Ali Muslim, the sun has never risen or set. This is an indication that till the end of time, the sun will never rise and set on a person better than Abu Bakr In the time of the Sahaba, in the time of Rasulullah his rank was already clear among everybody in the Sahaba that he has the greatest rank among all the Sahaba Ikram. So now Nabi Islam is cautioning him, don't walk in front of him. He is most senior, you should walk behind him, one step behind at least. Now what is being taught? Respect for elders, for seniors. Once Abu Huraira sees two people standing side by side. So they were standing somewhere, he asked the one person, who is this person to you? He said, this is my father. He said, your father? So he then gave him some advice. He said to him, to sammihi bi ismi. Don't ever call him by his name. Father should never be addressed by his name. You refer to him by a respectful title. Whatever the title might be in different languages, different ways of expression, whether it's Abba or whether it's Abi or whatever it might be. But the title of respect, don't call him by his name. Don't walk ahead of him. It's your father. He might not be even very learned to. But it's your father. So you will maintain that respect. If now you've come to a place, now both need to take a seat. Don't sit before him. Let him sit first. Now outwardly this seems, what is this now? Don't sit before him. What difference it makes? No, it makes a very big difference. It keeps the respect alive. And when the respect is kept alive in what we regard as trivial things, minor things, then the respect will be very much alive in what is major. And when the respect diminishes and disappears in what we regard as trivial, that becomes the doorway of the respect being lost even in important things. Then you'll find the day will come when that child will talk to his father in a manner he doesn't talk to his friend also. That kind of abrupt manner, that rude way, and that back answering, and whatever, sometimes he won't talk to his friend in that manner, he'll talk to his parents. But when it started off, the respect was not encouraged, was not upheld in what we regard as trivial matter. is teaching us this. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an, the Amirul Mu'mineen fil hadith of the Ummah. He's teaching us this lesson. That maintain the respect even in these things. Once two Sahaba come to mention something that happens, to report to Rasulullah about some incidents. One person was present, he saw it, the other person came along, both were brothers. The younger brother was the person who actually witnessed what happened. So, he started already mentioning it. They came, they expressed their purpose of coming and the younger brother started talking. Nabi Islam said, Kabbir, Kabbir. That let the elder brother speak first. So the elder brother then started speaking and he said, well this is what happened. Somebody has been killed. And in any case, my brother came there and he saw what happened. So now he will now explain. So now the younger brother took over from there. Now they are brothers, might be a few years apart, Huwaisa and Muhayisa radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, might have been a few years apart. So what difference it makes is now the younger brother spoke. Nabi Islam is teaching us the same lesson. 
that if the seniority is maintained, if this respect is upheld, at this level also, that to a greater extent the parents' respect will be upheld. To the greater extent the uncle's respect will be upheld. Otherwise nowadays the uncle, who is uncle? But his uncle is the senior of the family also. He also deserves that respect. Maybe you might not agree with him on some issues, but he's after all our uncle. It's our grandparents. Parents deserve respect, the same respect for the grandparents. Many a times the grandparents are just discounted. So now, this is Deen teaching us this lesson. And these are all important lessons of Deen. This is not something from some book of philosophy. Then further Allah Ta'ala says in the same surah, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi. That don't raise your voices above the voice of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You will maintain the respect in that regard also. That you will talk in a manner that is conducive to maintaining the respect. The same applies then to every other senior. Obviously the rank of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on another level, we can't imagine. But at a lesser level, every senior would be given that same honor and respect. That we won't talk above his voice. We will not shout out. Don't call about, call to somebody senior like we call about to somebody who is our friend. No, that respect must be maintained. This is a lesson of deen. And just as this respect is required in other spheres, in the same hadith that we discussed right at the beginning, that to acknowledge and respect the ulama, the scholars of deen, we might have our inclination towards a particular scholar of deen who we have confidence in his knowledge, in his following the sunnah of Rasulullah in his piety, in his taqwa, alhamdulillah. And that's what we are required to do. To decide upon who we have the confidence in, whose ilm and taqwa and ittiba of sunnah we have confidence in, and that's the gate and that's the guideline, then we follow him. But to get into the differences that might exist sometimes between ulama, and we start adding our uh, analysis to it, we start comparing who is who and whatever, this is a very, very dangerous ground. And in the process we might start doing something and saying something that might harm our deen very seriously. In this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, لَا تَرْفَعُوا أَسْوَاتَكُمْ فَوْقَ صَوْتِ النَّبِيِّ The end Allah Ta'ala says, that if you cross the line of this respect, what can happen? أَن تَحْبَثَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ All your a'mal can get nullified, you won't even know what happened, you won't realize it too. The same applies, the same, this is obviously with Rasulullah Sallallahu again, on a very high level this respect is necessary. But it applies in all these aspects also. That sometimes a person crosses the line of respect. He started passing comments against some alim. He started... Now he should follow who he is following. And carry on slightly on that. But to start getting into these issues and start making his comments and remarks. And sometimes he starts insulting somebody. He starts making some derogatory remarks. Allah forbid this can cause his, a blockage in his deen. Now the same ayat applies everywhere. Sometimes you might wonder how it applies to me. But this is how it applies sometimes, that, that this respect was crossed, the line was crossed, it caused a blockage in deen. Now the person, forget, let alone he was, mashallah, very punctual, all his salah and everything else, he was even making tahajjud every day, making tilawat every day, making his tazbihat, 
engaging in the works of deen, suddenly things start sliding. First the tahajjud stopped. Then the other nawafil suddenly starts stopping. Then his tasbihat is gone. Then slowly his salah with jama'ah is missing. Then Allah forbid his salah starts becoming qaza also and that too doesn't affect him. But we started off from that blockage. Like that person now with that heart problem. So now, that blockage started over time. And he thought nothing's happening. Wantum la tashurun. He didn't realize what's going on. After one year suddenly there's a heart attack. Now he comes. The doctor says, no, this is an old story. This happened from long ago. Now it, it came to the fatal point now only. So likewise, as a blockage happens in deen, and Allah forbid things start getting worse as time goes, and al-ma'asi baridul kufr, sometimes sins become so severe as they get deeper, they take a person to kufr also. He starts blurting something that causes him to lose his iman. And tahbata a'malukum wa antum la The person, all his a'mal become nullified, he doesn't realize what happened. So this aspect of adab, respect, this is extremely important that we uphold this respect for everything in Deen. For the people of Deen. For the seniors in any level. Yes, where there are some disagreements, we'll handle those disagreements in a proper manner with respect. But we will maintain the respect at all times. And that respect will safeguard our Deen. It will also keep the peace and happiness in our homes, in our communities and societies, in the Ummah at large, that we will follow who we are supposed to follow. Then, we will diligently do that. But we will not compromise the aspect of respect. We will not compromise adab. We will keep up the adab at all times. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.